Thank you, Brother Grant. Can we just lift up our voices right now? All across this place, lift up your voice. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Can we continue to lift up our voices for just a few moments right here? Just a few moments right here. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you, O Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, mighty God. Hallelujah. It is essential that we remember the sacrifice that the Lord did. And when that blood began to flow on Calvary, it flowed downward. It flowed unto every year, to every month, to every geographical location, to every race and creed of people, it was made accessible unto all. And I want to thank him for letting it be for everyone and not just a few. Can we thank him? Because, folks, we're the rest of them. We didn't have this. We didn't grow up in this. We're the Gentiles. But I'm thankful this morning that he let his blood flow into the Gentile nations of which we are. Can we thank him for his marvelous mercy and thank him for his great grace? Lord, we thank you and we praise you. We glorify you and we exalt you, O Lord. Oh, mighty God, mighty God, we glorify you. We were bought with a great price. We were bought with a great price. Hallelujah. I'm going to be quick this morning, as quick as I can be. I'm going to be mindful of your time. But if you could, turn with me to the book of Psalm, chapter 147, verse 1 through 5. The book of Psalm, verse one, or chapter 147, verse 1 through 5. I want to thank Brother and Sister Grant for allowing us to be here, for all of the visitors that are here. And Sister Grant mentioned something when she got up here that, that I had felt that healing was going to go forth. We have been praying for healing to go forth this day. And that healing, she said, I know of several in this place that are dealing that need physical healing, and several that need a touch from God, that need an answer from God, that are dealing with things internally. And so I want to, in Psalm 147, the Lord begins, or the psalmist begins, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely. 
The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth gathereth together the outcast of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He healeth the broken in heart. Folks, we have a healer. If you can feel his presence, then you feel the healer. There is not a different thing that comes in when God determines to heal. He heals, he saves, he delivers. The gifts of the Spirit are poured out by what? The self-same Spirit. If you get the presence of God, if you feel the presence of God, then you feel the presence of healing. There is no different Spirit that comes in. So the beauty in my mind this morning is simply this. I felt his presence, and so I felt healing. I felt his presence, so I felt the deliverer. Amen? Now, and we'll be seated in just a few moments, but two days ago, and the Lord led me into this, My wife and I, I'm going to partner us together with this. I would hate to just put all of the blame on her, but you guys kind of get where I'm going right now. We committed the cardinal sin of letting our iron skillet rust. That's scandalous, isn't it? I know I heard several gasps out there. I know. For Southerners, that's pretty much hypocrisy in its finest. And so I began to look around. I said, we've got to restore this thing. And so I began to restore it, get all the rust off of it. And I didn't know this at the time, but I put olive oil to re-season it. And then I stuck it in the oven And I found out that olive oil does not have a high smoke temperature. And so the olive oil began to burn in the oven. And the smoke began to come out of the oven all the way through our house. And the smell was unbearable. And so I said, I got to get this smoke out of here. So I opened up the back door. And I opened up the front door. And when I did that, I felt this breeze begin to strike me on my face. And the Lord spoke to me and said, If you're going to get things out of you that begin to mess who you are up, you cannot do it with a closed spirit. But when I opened up the front door 
and I opened up the back door, the wind began to clean out what I could not. And so the Lord spoke to me right then and said, if you're going to get those things out, you're going to have to open up. But when you open up, I will be the God that healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. I want to preach to you this morning from this title. Great is your mercy. Great is your mercy. Put your Bibles down. And if we can, as you have already seen what we are talking about, I would encourage every person in this place at the beginning of this message to just raise your hands, open up your heart right now, and say, God, there might be some things on the inside of me. There might be some mess that I've been dealing with. I might have been hurt and wounded, but God, I am opening myself up to you and only you for your spirit to begin to provide the miracle within my life. And in the name of Jesus Christ, everybody shout amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord as you are being seated. As I said, I believe that there is going to be healing in the house this morning. I believe that there are those that are here, that you have had smoke within your spirit, that you have had things well up and compile, that many of you have had brokenness as a part of your life, that you have had wounds that have been inflicted upon you. Let me talk to you for just a few moments this morning. I'm going to try to finish or try to get to a place here within the next 10 minutes. In war, wounds and distress are something that is as common as the very vehicles and weapons used in them. It is not a surprise or a catastrophic occurrence when a wound is inflicted or a soldier finds themselves in a distressing situation. We're talking about war. It is expected of a soldier to, in, to somehow be damaged within the war or for that possibility to occur. And so to be hurt or wounded is not a surprise or an abnormality. Even in the church, even in the kingdom of God, what is said, in this world, you will have trouble. Anybody ever experienced trouble before? In this world, you will have trouble. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, but the violence, but the violent take it by force. And so simply put, to say along the way that a fiery dart is not going to slip past you when your faith is down, that is a reality. 
The Bible speaks about tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, and sword. And so within our lives, there is no surprise that we're going to get wounded along the way. That we're going to find ourselves facing difficult situations that begin to stress us out. If you are living for God, out someplace and somewhere, you will experience pain, you will experience affliction, you will experience brokenness, and sometimes loss. Amen? Am I being real this morning? And so, to be affected by one of these is not a tragedy in itself. To be wounded in combat or in service is not tragic in itself. To be broken somewhere along the way is not a tragedy in itself. We expect people to be broken along the way. God expects people to be broken along the way. God expects us to deal with things that are beyond our capabilities and beyond our our knowledge and how to deal with them. It is expected that as humans trying to live for God, that we're going to experience some things that rattle our cages from time to time. That we're going to experience things within us that we find out that we're not the way we need to be, that we're going to fail, we're going to trip, we're going to break our legs, spiritually speaking, at times. And all of that is not a tragedy. It's expected in life that you're going to deal with some things that are going to affect you. Amen? It's expected. And so to be affected by one of these is not tragic in itself. But the tragedy comes when a wound or brokenness goes untreated. Now I'm going to speak to you for just a few moments right here. The tragedy is not in the breaking of the leg. The tragedy is allowing the leg to stay broken. The tragedy is not the wound being inflicted upon us, a fiery dart slipping through our shield. But the tragedy comes when we never get the wound taken care of. That we allow that brokenness, we allow that wound to begin to fester and to continue and to, and to, and to snowball and to never be treated or healed from its condition. Untreated wounds are very devastating to the body. Untreated wounds develop disease and infection. That infection begins to cause a fever, amen? Anybody ever dealt with this? The infection causes fever. Because it's trying to fight it. Now it's not just the brokenness and it's not just the wound. But because the wound has been uh, gone untreated now, 
the fever sets in because infection has showed up. Infection has made its way into the body and into the wound and now the body in trying to deal with the infection, the fever begins to rise because it's trying to fight what should not be there. It increases the heart rate. It begins to work overtime. The breathing becomes labored and you begin to move into confusion all because of an untreated wound or of an untreated brokenness somewhere in the body. Plain and simple, a soldier cannot operate in his calling when he is wounded. It is wounds and brokenness that removes us from where we are supposed to be and causes us to have a different perspective in life. It is when a wound shows up that you begin to see the voice and begin to see the speech begin to change within a man or within a woman. Whenever the wound shows up, whenever the brokenness becomes a part of us, it is then that we begin to see outlooks begin to change. We begin to see a filter begin to be introduced into and from our pain and from our agony now we view things through that filter and we view things through that pain and we view things through that brokenness in a skewed perspective. And I came across this in Psalm 109, 6 through 22. Put it up and I want you to read along with me. When you see this, it changed, it, it, it rocked my world because Psalms 109, 6 through 22, David is speaking about a wound David in his vocabulary, you watch and see how his vocabulary begins to change so greatly in the fact that I have not, I look through the scriptures and I've never found another psalm that David has written in the tone and in the vocabulary that he writes Psalm 109. Let me read it. He says this, Said a wicked man, over him and let Satan stand at his right hand. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few and let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. Are you with me yet? Have you ever heard David speak like this? It's almost as if cursing is coming out. It is, there is a vile speaking. There is a, a, a very aggressive tone and a, a very demeaning tone that comes forth. Let his children continually be continually vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread also out of their desolate places. Let the extortioner catch all that he hath. And let the stranger spoil his labor. Let there be none to extend mercy unto him, neither let there be any to favor his fatherless children. Let his posterity be cut off, and in the generation following, let their name be blotted out. 
Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered with the Lord and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually. In other words, let there be no grace and mercy in God. Don't forget what has happened. Don't forget what has gone on, but let it continually come up before your face. Because that he remembered not to show mercy, but persecuted the poor and needy man that he might even slay the broken in heart as he loved cursing, so let it come unto him. And as he delighted not in blessing, so let it be far from him. Because he delighted not in blessing, don't let blessing come unto his house. Folks, these are prayers. This is a psalm that I would not want to be saying over my life. Let it be unto him as the garment which covereth him, and for a girdle wherewith he is girded continually. Let this be the reward of mine adversaries against the Lord and of uh, of them that speak evil against my soul. If you look into this, I want you to remember something about what we just read. This is not a lamentation of Jeremiah. This is not a lamentation of somebody else. This is a song. This is a song that David would sing unto the Lord, that David would begin to write down in this. But yet in this psalm, I don't find places of mercy and places of grace and the goodness of God and the glory of God. But what I find in it is a filter that came from David's pain and his brokenness. See, and the Lord spoke this to me and said, Be careful that you don't let wounds and brokenness go untreated. Because if you begin to let wounds and brokenness go untreated, your brokenness will begin to bleed into your worship. Your brokenness will begin to bleed into what comes out of you unto God. And you'll start speaking like David did and say, Don't let them be forgiven. Why is this? What caused this to begin to happen? What caused this to be so vile coming from David's mouth? It is remedied in 22, 21 says, But do thou for me, O God the Lord, for thy name's sake, because thy mercy is good, deliver thou me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. God, I'm dealing with something, and I feel like the Lord is doing something in this place this morning. He is beginning to say, I understand that you've got a wound in a place that you cannot get to to heal, but if you will open up the doors of your heart, if you will throw open the doors of your spirit, I will be the God that begins to move through you and remove out of you and heal you in the places that you can't heal yourself. begins to move through and begins to do things in your life that you have not been able to perform in your own self. Only do I need your spirit to open up. Only do I need your heart to be willing and available unto my spirit. I cannot have you to push me off. I cannot have you to, uh, to, to cause me to not be able to get in, to close yourself off uh, and hinder me from moving in your life. I've got to have access into your heart. I remember because 
Wounds have a tendency of becoming protected and hidden. Brokenness has a way of being protected and hidden. When we are broken, we try to hide our disability. (laughs) When I am broken, if there's something wrong with me, I don't like to flaunt it out in the open. But immediately I'm different and I try to hide my brokenness. When I was young, I still remember it as if it was yesterday, Brother Grant. I was riding my bicycle on the pavement in Crane, Missouri and coming down the hill. We had, you lived on a hill so you would ride down one hill make the turn, and then you would ride up the other hill. It was a big circle. And I got to going fast one day on my bike down the hill. And I had a long sleeve shirt on. And I fell off my bike, and I still remember it as if it was yesterday. It was a striped shirt. I fell off my bike, and my elbow caught me for about 10 feet. I got up from that, Brother Grant, and my elbow was in a great big old raspberry. The blood was coming out of it. I rushed home. I was weeping and crying. I had never felt pain like that before. And so I ran home, and I got to my mom and dad, and immediately my dad Begins, if you don't mind standing up, Brother Grant, my dad begins to do this right here. Let me see it. Now, if you have just had your elbow to be skinned down to the bone, the shirt was literally sticking into my elbow. The shirt and my elbow were one. And my dad comes up to me. Now, I want you to feel that, Brother Grant. Are you feeling that? Are you there? You feel that? Your elbow right there. Your elbow's a bloody mess. You can't separate the shirt from the elbow. Okay? You got it? My dad comes up and says, let me see it. I said, not today, devil. Why is that? Because when we're broken... We don't want anybody touching it. My little girl, she says, no, Daddy, don't touch it. I don't want you to touch it. I said, baby, I've got to touch it to see what's going on. I've got to see how bad it is. No, Daddy, no, Daddy, no. She'd go run and hide rather than get the wound treated the way it needed to be done. I would rather deal with my brokenness than deal with the pain of allowing you to touch me and move within my life. You hear me right now? I just started preaching a little bit right there. I moved it over, but hear me right now. We do the same thing. I would rather deal with my brokenness on my own. I would rather hide what is wrong than to allow somebody to try to touch it. But folks, you cannot, what happens when, that, when, 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 you, when we do that, our brokenness begins to fester. 
Our brokenness begins to become infected. Our brokenness then begins to spread to other areas of the body. At first it was only a broken arm, but because it was untreated now, the arm's infected and the whole arm needs to come off because it was just a gash on the leg. But because it went untreated, now gangrene is set up in the leg. And now we got to take the whole leg off to spare the rest of the body. Why? All because we're not willing to deal with the wound and the brokenness. Proverbs 18 and 14 says this. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmities. Now, what this means is this. I have an ability. If my hand is cut, I have an ability, my spirit, I can bear that infirmity. I can deal with it. The spirit of a man can bear his physical infirmities. But then Proverbs goes on and says, but a wounded spirit, who can bear it? I can handle it. I can handle it when my body is afflicted. But what happens when I become afflicted? What happens when my spirit begins to be wounded? What happens when I begin to be broken? Folks, I felt this from the beginning of the service, and I'm going to stop right here and right now. But I felt this in coming up to the pulpit, that there is an oil that has been made readily available. Because there is a vessel here that is in need of the oil. Somebody come. The musicians come with me right now. I'm finishing up. I told you I'd try to be as quick as I could. But I don't want to pass by what God is trying to do right now. I just want you to close your eyes. Because of the need, there is oil here. For your healing. There is oil here. For your restoration. But in order to receive. The restoration of God. When Jesus came in synagogue there was a man with a withered hand that was there notice that Jesus never healed in the hidden he never healed in the hidden but he spoke to the man and he said stretch forth thine hand that man had the opportunity and the choice to put forth his good hand. What are you talking about, God? 
okay, my hand's out here. But he had a choice at that moment, and we've got a choice this morning. And I know that it's somber right now, but we're getting ready to have a move of the Holy Ghost. That man said, you know what? I'm tired of carrying my wounded self all by myself. Every eye closed. Folks, you don't know what's going on right now. But God is dealing with very deep things at this present moment. So the man at that moment when healing was there, when the Spirit of the Lord was there, when the presence of Almighty God stood before him, he said, stretch forth thy hand. And he said, okay. All right. I didn't want anybody else looking at it, and I didn't want anybody else touching it. Here's my brokenness. Here's my woundedness. Heal me. Here it is. See, in order for God to heal you, He has to have a way to move through you. In order for God to move in a marvelous way, can we stand to our feet all across this? Nobody looking around when you stand to your feet. Let's continue in this that we feel. I've got to see it. And in prayer last night, I began to feel this go through my spirit. As I was thinking about this message, The Lord said, show it to me. Show it to me. Show it to me. They're going to have to show it to me. But if they show it to me, I will heal their brokenness and bind up their wounds. Nobody looking around. You've got some brokenness right now. I just want you to raise your hand up high. There's hands going up. If you've got brokenness, raise your hand up high. If you've had some wounds, keep that head, keep that hand up. Keep those hands up. Over half the church has their hands. expected that you'll face some brokenness. You're trying to live for God. It's expected that you'll deal with some stuff. But don't let it go untreated. If you've got your hand up, I want you to step out of your pew and I want you to come up to this front right now. If you got your hand up, come on. I saw how many had your hand up. Come on. I want you to step up You're just going to come up here. You're going to stand along the front of this church. 
I want the rest of you to just step out of your seats wherever you're at, and I want you to come up here as well behind everybody that's up here. We're going to do something very simple this morning, but very profound. Just make your way up. Fill in the middle here. Just come on and fill in the middle here. Get us. Everybody take a few steps forward. Everybody take a few steps forward. A few steps forward. I can't open my heart. Your pastor can't open your heart. You can't even. Nobody can open my heart for me. I have to do it all on my own. So what we're going to do is very simple. But all across this place, we've just received communion. In order to take that communion, you had to open some things up. So what we're going to do is I want you to raise your hand. Right now, in your mind, between you and God, between you and Him at this moment, you're going to tell Him, this is my brokenness. This is my world. This is what has festered for the last three years. This is what has affected me for the last couple months. Here it is. I want you to get real with him. You don't have to yell it out out loud. Just every eye closed right now. You don't have to yell it out. But you be real with God. Here it is. I'm showing you. I know that it might cause some pain. But I've got to get this wound and brokenness taken care of. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel healed in this place. I feel healed. Tell him. This is what I need healed. I need my confidence healed. This is what I need fixed. I was hurt by a brother or a sister. And I allowed it to go unchecked. And it's put me in a place that I shouldn't be. Come on. I've allowed what somebody has said about me. 
Their words were so sharp. They cut so deep to avoid ever being hurt again. I have closed myself off so that way no one will ever be able to hurt me again. Come on, nobody looking around. Every eye closed. God's doing a work right now that you know not of. Nobody looking around. Nobody raising your head. Please, don't don't remove yourself out from what God's trying to do. And I've kept it back. I've held it to myself. And now the Lord would say, as Jesus spoke in the book of Luke, the Spirit of the Lord God has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the poor. To bind up the broken hearted. To preach the deliverance of the captives to them that are bound. He said, I'm here to heal. I'm here to heal the broken in heart and to bind up your wounds. I want you to raise your voice at this moment all across this place. I told you it was going to be very simple but very profound. So you've showed him right here. God, I make no bones about it. I'm not trying to play a game. This is where it's at. And as you show that to him, I want you to receive the healing of God right now. I want you to allow his spirit to touch you. Can we lift up our voices all across this place? Church, I want you to raise your voices. I want you to raise your voices right now. Church body, Peace Tabernacle, lift up your voices and allow the Spirit of the Lord through your praise and your worship, allow the Spirit of the Lord to begin to sweep through this place in a mighty fashion. Almighty God, Almighty God, Almighty God, I pray right now, Lord, I pray right now that you would release the gifts of healing to begin to operate right now in the name of Jesus. Release the gifts of healing to operate right now, O oh God. Let every heart be impacted. Let every soul that has been shredded, let it begin to come back together in the name of Jesus. For you are the God that bindeth up our wounds. You are the God, the healing balm of Gilead. You are the one that puts us back together. You are the one that, re- that, that heals our brokenness. Oh God, my, your spirit, your spirit. I want you to open up your heart right now all across this place. And I want you to give in to his spirit. Simply, I want you to lift up your voices and I want you to begin to pray so much that you begin to speak in tongues all over again. Why? Because we know when we are speaking in tongues that the Spirit of God is flowing through us. And if the Spirit of God is flowing through us, then healing 
is flowing through us. Then deliverance is flowing through us. Then help is flowing through us. Lift up your voice right now and yield to the Holy Ghost. Every man, every woman, every child, lift up your voices. Lift up your hands and pray. Go ahead and open up that front door and the back door and let the wind of His Spirit begin to flow through. Let the wind of His presence begin to flow through. That's it. Lift up your voices. Lift up your voices. Give God five minutes. Just give Him five minutes. Every eye closed. Every eye closed. Nobody looking around. This is between you and God. Can you lift up your voices? Every voice lifted up. Praying in the Holy Ghost right now. Every voice lifted up, praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Every voice lifted up, praying in the Spirit.
anybody here that needs the Holy Ghost this morning? If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, but you would like to receive it, in the next few moments, we would be glad to pray with you. Is there anybody here? Just wave your hand this morning. I don't want to leave with anybody needing something. Is there anybody here that has never received the gift of the Holy Ghost that would like to receive it this morning? Just wave your hand. I'll come to you if I need to. Can we all lift up our hands one more time? Thank you for the longevity of the service. Thank you. Thank you. La hashotorom balatambaye. Can we thank the Lord right now for all that He has done? Can we thank Him from the bottom of our heart right now? I mean it. Some of you, the healing has already begun. The healing has already started today. Right now. It's already started. I believe that we have a baptism. Is that right, Brother Grant? You going to go up there? Come on now. Come on. Do you have anything else to say? Is there getting Colton ready to get baptized? Is he going back there to change clothes? What's he doing? God bless you. You may be seated. You know, people people show love in different different ways. People respond to love in different ways, but I was leaving leaving the house today and as I was coming down my driveway. I saw an amazing display of love. The Clausens, who are our next-door neighbors out in front of the street, when I pulled up the driveway to the street, I looked at the Clausens, and somebody had taken rolls of toilet paper and just shown their love. They had thrown them all up in the trees. And we used to have that done to our house. We had some young people come in and visit with us while the rest of the youth group toilet papered our house. And it's to show how much they love you. Or if you're in high school, it's to show how popular you are. Well, save the toilet paper, children. Just tell me you love me. Send me a card. Because somebody's got to get out there and clean all that love up. And I was just smiling because we're kind of back in the wood. I thought, well, I'm sure glad it's the Clausens. They must not be up for Sunday morning yet because they're not out there trying to clean it up. <laughs> Amen. But I appreciate Brother Carney coming all these weeks, and we're hoping, we're hoping. Where, where's Brother Carney? Where's he at? Where did he go to? Hmm? He's already left. He has not. He just left. He left to go home already. 
Hey, preacher, talking about you. We appreciate you coming, and we want you to come once more. What what kind of schedule do you have going on getting into February and March and April and all that? What kind of schedule you got? Are y'all booked up? Is it somebody you can cancel? Is it somebody I know? If it's somebody I know, I'll just tell them, go ahead, and we'll just cancel them out, and you can come here. I'm easy to get along with, son. Just give me what I want, and we're going to get along. We'll be just fine. Amen. I don't know how many have received the Holy Ghost to you and been baptized. It's a, I kept stopped counting a couple weeks ago at 8 or 10, but I really, really like what the Lord's doing in our church. Amen. Amen. And uh, Brother Ronnie Gidrose called me the other day. He wants to. I'm going to have to let him preach. He's an old friend. I'm going to have to let him preach. Y'all remind me of each other. You're both long-winded. Yeah, long-winded. Somebody, somebody asked, so how do you like Brother Carney? I said, I like him. He preaches like he's 60 years old, and he'd cut it in half, and it'd be just awesome. He said, Brother Grant, how can you say that? Because I don't have that long to live. So I'll just go ahead and say what I want to. <laughs> you young fellas to beat around the bush. We love you, Brother Carney. I'm glad you could take that teasing. And if that hurts your feelings, I'll pay you a little extra this week make up for it or something. Speaking of which, I want to take an offer for Brother Carney right now. And... Uh, Where's, where's Brother Twan? i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you off the hook. I was going to make you take up the offering because it's your birthday. That's what I was going to do. But I'm going to let you off the hook. I want, I want uh, Sister Barbie to take up the offering right in front of you. Come on, sweetie. You look like a sacrificial lamb. She's thinking I'd rather hold the baby. Too bad. <laughs> you know, that boy is wanting to give his offering. Annie was wanting to take communion this morning. How many of you saw that? She was over there opening the lid on the communion. Well, I'd rather know all about it. Let's stand one more time. Is Colton up there? Are they getting him? He's ready? Awesome, awesome. Lord, bless this offering. Bless this preacher. Bless his family. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. I'm going to let you bring your offering. You can be seated. Sister Barbie, thank you for being so sweet. I'm glad you don't mind doing that. And if you do, I'm glad you do. <laughs> We're doing it anyway. Are you all going to be ready to sing when he comes up out of the water? All right, that'll be awesome.